Shalom. This is Ron Warren with Torah Life Ministries. Today's podcast discuss how we live a persistent and relentless life, part one. It tells the story of three types of people, two lions, two types of fruit, and compares the lives of two men, Solomon and John the Immerser, also known as John the Baptist. Question. Have you ever seen the movie The Ghost in the Darkness? It is a true story of two man-eating lions and three men who, after, who, after the death of 130 men, set a goal to kill them. And the lions got one of them. But Robinson, played by Val Kilmore, got them. He did it by being persistent, relentless, and not giving up. This is the foundation of these podcasts. Now, what is this teaching us? It's teaching us that finishing is better than starting. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8 reads, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. How we finish is more important than how we begin. To finish life well requires that we live life well, and this involves knowing how to never give up, and it means having a relentless, persistent spirit. Now, how do we acquire that? And another question, why is it so important? Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 reads, and so I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through the Messiah Yeshua on the life above. Now, some believers have little or no resistance to the ways of the world. In 1 John 2, verses 16 and 7, it reads, Everything that belongs to the world, what the sinful self desires, what people see and want, and everything that this world, that the people are so proud of, none of this comes to the Father or comes from the Father. It all comes from the world. The world and everything in it that people desire is passing away. But those who do the will of God live forever. Now, there are three types of people. First, there's the unbeliever. They just flow with the current. But then there's the believer. They must press into the fight of faith to produce the advancement of the kingdom. But then there's the deceived. They hide their motives of wanting their personal agenda through the believer experience or appearance and a misuse of Scripture. Now here's the question. Which person do you resemble? In Second Chronicles 13, verse 5, it reads, Examine yourself to see whether you are still in the Messianic faith. Test yourself. Do you realize that you are people in whom Yeshua, the Messiah, lives? Could it be that you're failing the test? You know, if you are persistent and relentlessly walking with God, there will be evidence in his, of his presence and power in your life. 
and one of the best ways to confirm if you are growing in the Messiah and not stagnant is to examine the fruit that your life is producing. The true evidence that Yeshua is living in and through you is that your life is producing his character. Now, let's look at two types of fruit. First, there's the fruit of the flesh, and then there's the fruit of the Spirit. When we take a look at the fruit of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, it lists 16 fruits of the flesh. And here's what it says. Now, the effects of the corrupt nature are obvious. It lets sex, perversion, promiscuity, idolatry, drug use, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, angry outbursts, selfish ambition, conflict, fashions, envy, drunkenness, wild pottering, and similar things. And it says, I told you in the past, and I'm telling you again, that people who do these kinds of things will not enter into or inherit the kingdom of God. But then, if you go to the very next verse, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it, it deals with the fruit of the Spirit, and it lists nine. It reads this, continuing with the next verse. But the spiritual nature produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against things like that. And since you are God's dear children, you must try to be like him. Your life must be controlled by love, just as the Messiah loved us and gave his life for us as a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice that pleases God. You can also check out this in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Now, here's the question. What kind of fruit do you see in your life? You know, have you ever heard this verse? Romans chapter 8, verse 28 reads, We know that all things work together for good of those who love God. Here's the problem. Most people stop right here. But that same verse continues. Those whom he has called according to his purpose. Now, this forces the question. What is God's purpose for us? Verse 29 reads, This is true because he already knew his people and had already appointed them to have the same form as the image of his Son. Therefore, his Son is the firstborn among many people, among many children. God is turning us into the image or the shadow of his Son. He's doing it in fellowship with the Father. He's doing it with the fellowship with man. He's doing it with, the with his purpose. He's doing it with, in faith, and he's doing it in character. And it's this last one, character, which applies to the fruits of the Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 to 13, it reads, Therefore, strengthen your tired arms and your weak knees and straighten the paths of your life so that the lameness may not become worse, but instead may be healed. 
It's now quoting Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3, and Proverbs 4, verse 26. Now drop down with the two more verses to verse 15. It reads, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up and causes you trouble, or many of you will become defiled. Now, with that verse, I want you to hear Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 18. It reads, Guard against turning back from the grace of God, and let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. Now, what are these verses telling us? They're telling us that turning back from the grace of God is a sure sign that you have quit and that you no longer are pressing onward and upward in your relationship with the Lord. Now, what happens when people do or do not finish well? Consider Solomon's life. Solomon was the son of David. He was the wisest, richest, most powerful man at his time, and he achieved heights that no human being for generations before and many afterwards even came close to achieving. However, he faltered. In the latter part of his reign, he turned his heart from God to align with the world system. Now, because Solomon had many foreign wives, he experienced extreme conflict within his household over being single-minded in his allegiance and obedience to Yedhevahe. And in order to keep peace, he did not remain loyal to Yedhevahe. He built altars for and even worshipped his favorite wise foreign gods. And for that purpose, Solomon suffered greatly. But his children and grandchildren were affected more. Here's the point. The kingdom is, was entrusted to him, the one that was strong from David's faithfulness, the one that grew stronger with Solomon's start, and it suffered, was divided, and wildered from his failure to finish well. Consider this, I guarantee you, Israel's history would have been a lot different if Solomon had remained relentless and persistent. Now, consider the life of John the Baptist, also known as the Immerser. John was resolute and held fast to the truth, living and proclaiming it. He, like Solomon, was faced with adversity. But John's consequences was worse. It was not the wise. It was the king of Judah who did not embrace the truth. Solomon faced a conflicted household, but John faced the jail, torture, and death. Yet, God, John remained immovable in his stand for truth, in how he lived and the message he proclaimed. And the result? John's legacy is superior to Solomon's. Ah, here's the point. You and I also face adversity, and we are in a battle against the world's values. Its influences is powerful, deceptive, and alluring. And it is easy for us to grow weary, give in, and drift with the currents. But the point is, the only way you and I will finish strong is to be persistent and relentless in our faith. And by doing this, 
we become someone that will be a genuine threat to the kingdom of darkness. You know, I started this podcast with the story of two man-eating lions. And I will finish with two lions. One of the lions is seeking to whom he may devour. But this lion is controlled by another lion. That lion is called the Lion of Judah. If you follow the Lion of Judah, you will never be eaten by the man-eating lion. Shalom. Until the next podcast. And if this teaching has been a blessing to you, you might consider subscribing to the Anchor Podcast platform and the Torah Life Ministries website. You can do this at www.torlifeministry.com. Until then, Ron has left the building.